0: Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 9th of June 2013, entitled Faith at Work. And The Bible reading is taken from Second Kings chapter 4 verses 1 to 7. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. I invite you to stand to honor the reading of God's precious and holy word, again beginning in Second Kings chapter 4 verse 1. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. Thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house save a pot of oil. Then he said, go, borrow thee vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. When thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons and shalt pour out into all those vessels and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured out. It came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go, sell the oil and pay thy debt, and live thou and thy children of the rest. Father, we thank you again this evening for your precious word that's before us. And Father, we pray now that as we take these next moments to look at this passage, Lord, from uh, from your holy word, that you would just take and speak to our hearts Lord, you know the needs of each one here tonight. You're the only one that's able to speak that which they need. We will give you all the praise and thanks for it. In Christ's precious name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, over the... We'll uh, lose track of time. Isn't that convenient? The, uh, well, let's see. This, this, is, uh, this is June, isn't it? So uh, 20, 23 years uh, last Sunday uh, since, uh, since I first became the pastor here. And, uh, and I guess that uh, if you've been here, none of you here tonight, there was actually one here this morning that uh, was here 23 years ago when I came still. Most have gone to be with the Lord now, uh, but uh, some of you have been here quite a few years uh, in that interim, and uh, uh, again, I try not to look back at a passage. I'd, I'd say that there's been uh, two or three times that I've looked back at this passage, and it's just uh, one of those passages in God's Word, I guess most of you know that you know, that uh, most sermons that I preach, some way I can find my way to the book of Romans It's not hard at all uh, because I just, I, I love the book. I love all of God's Word. Uh, but boy, the book of Romans has a very special place uh, uh, in my heart. And this particular passage here has a special place. And, uh, you know, you try not to come back to things because that uh, they're just your favorite. But it, uh, it was kind of strange when I was praying yesterday because I was honestly praying to God to give me something just to be an encouragement to you, because we were encouraged. We had a great missions conference. Um, the missionaries that were with us, each one of them brought something special and something different that uh, was an encouragement and a challenge to us. And uh, and I wouldn't have wanted to have uh, to have missed any of those services. Um, we looked at the two Sundays leading up to that. We looked at the whole matter of of uh, of giving from the Word of God. When we looked at the, it, was three dimensions of giving from uh, from the first fruits and our tithes to the free will offerings to the faith promised missions, uh, this is God's plan for financing His work, and God's plan is is is, is the right plan. Uh, we had our conference, and then this morning, as we went to the Word of God, we we were still trying to wrap this up because I really wanted all of today to be an encouragement. Okay, we've seen God's principles and how that we're to give we've had these missionaries come through and we've shared in their burdens and we've we've been reminded of the of the great needs that uh, uh, that are out there before us but how does that come into practice and if you would even though it was on giving this morning the 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 title the whole title of the sermon was the performance of giving by the grace of god and and we saw that in god's word it was by god's grace and and just that wonderful passage that Our God is able, and and he is able uh, to make his grace abound. That's that's, that's more than we would ever need to go beyond past what we we think that we need. Um, To abound to us always in all things, he is in in all sufficiency. Um, And of course, that in the end, that his work may abound. And that it's all really God's grace you know, we're not talking about, we can, we can get all stuck up on the idea of what I can do and what I can't do, and, and sometimes we, we looked at a few of those illustrations this morning on how frustrating it can be when you, when you see somebody that has a real need, or they're really in trouble, or they're really in danger, and of course, maybe want to do something and not be able to do anything, and so this morning, we looked at that wonderful thing of God's grace. And that just as it was grace that saved us, He promised. He promised right there in the context, right after He said that if we, well, if we, if we, if we sow little, we're going to reap little. If we sow bountifully, we're going to reap bountifully. Uh, we're gonna, we're going to reap in direct proportion to to that which is sown. That's a law of nature. It's a law of God's. In in everything that we do, um, we saw that God made it very clear that uh, what had happened in this uh, church in Macedonia where, you know, they were having to, I mean, they were in such straits that Paul didn't even want to take anything from them. They were, they were in such deep poverty and, and, and they were under such great persecutions and they're begging him to, to let them have a part in his ministry. Um, we saw in Scripture that was because of God's grace abounding upon them. And, and in the end, that it's, it's God that's going to do it. You know, God's not asking us to do it. He's not asking for what we're able or not able to do. I said this morning of that little plaque that I had hanging in the travel trailer when we were traveling in ministry on the road for this couple of years. And, you know, it was just reminding me that God wasn't interested in my abilities. He simply was interested in my availability. And you know, that's God just wants us to be available. God doesn't ask us to do anything. And so we, we, just, we just tried, and, and I mean, I struggle to try to, to get it into a nutshell, but God's grace is such a wonderful thing. It does save us. It does keep us. But God's grace is there for everything that we need. And that's what that promise was, that there's always more of it than it needs. But, of course, we said that the way to God's grace is through faith. For by grace are you saved through faith. That's the only way to get to God's grace. We talked about this whole thing of of believing. If we could just believe it, there's so many of these things that we've heard them, we've memorized them, we know them, we believe them in our head. But we don't believe them in our heart. We're not living like we really believe them. Uh, And and the fact is, is that that's where it's going to really come from, is from our hearts. And so this passage here, it has a very special meaning to me. I don't, I don't know if I'd ever heard it preached before. Because you know, probably most of you, if I ask you right now, you don't need to be embarrassed. If I ask you the what message that I preached two weeks ago or three weeks ago or four weeks ago, duh. <laughs> It'd probably be hard to remember. Unless, unless God spoke to you in some special way. Well. I don't know if I'd ever heard this passage, a sermon preached from it before. I probably had. But in the summer of 1986, we had four kids and one newborn baby. Tyler literally had just been born. And some of you have heard me share about an incident that took place when we were in a missions conference in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. And we traveled from North Carolina to Mississippi to be in this missions conference. And we got there and this was a... Big church, as a matter of fact, when we were back what a year and a half ago, is one of the churches that Rifka visited with us in, in Mississippi. And on a Wednesday evening, they had to have five or six hundred people there. I mean, it's you know God's really, really blessing is a wonderful ministry. Well, of course, as we were there in that meeting, there were quite a few of us missionaries that were there. Well, this is when I guess we were really just beginning on the deputation trail. And we learned real quick what it really meant to live by faith. This was a long ways from home, probably 700 miles from home or something, that we had traveled there to, uh, to be in this meeting. And, and from there, we had to go right on, on down to the golf course. And we'd had enough gas, petrol in the tank to get there. But we were pretty close to empty when we rolled into to Hattiesburg, Mississippi. And uh, a lot of things had happened. Because you see, when I, when I left that well-paying job and I had this nice little kitty put back in the bank, uh, we were going by faith, but that was there just in case, you know. Um, and there were a number of things happened. Engine problems, travel trailer problems. Before you knew it, those thousands that were in that kitty were gone. We were living by faith. And so we didn't know. There was... Uh, you know, we, we, we had enough food and they were, they were going to feed us while we were there, so we were grateful for that. And, uh, and they did. They took good care of us. And of course, I was, I was praying because, I, I mean, this, this really was a brand new experience for me. And of course, in my mind, I figured, well, you know, they're going to give us a love offering. And that's how God's going to take care of us. And we'll take that love offering and we'll be able to, to, to put some fuel in the tank and we'll be able to, to get a bit of food in the cupboard. And then we'll go on to the next meeting. Well, it was on the Saturday of that meeting that one of the associate pastors, they had quite a few pastors on the staff, and he came up to me and he said to me, he said, you know, so God is really blessed in this missions conference this week and the people have really been giving well and we're just grateful that we're going to be able to give you a good love offering. But he said, uh, he said what we're going to do is we're just going to wait through Sunday night when the conference finishes and we know that you'll be on your way to your next meeting and we'll just send a check to your mission board and it'll go into your, to your normal support account there. Well, you know, outside I'm smiling and I'm thinking him inside. Boy, everything's just dropped out of me. How am I going to get to the next meeting? (laughs) How do I get there from here? You know, how am I going to feed the kids? You know, all these things. Well, you know, again, we're learning. I mean, you know, it, it was a step of faith, but these, these are new experiences and this is how our faith grows is when it has to be exercised. Well, that was the same day. Now, we had to preach really short messages in that meeting because there were quite a few of us. And in most of the meetings, there were, there were several of us speaking. So I mean, these messages were like 15 to 20 minutes long and there'd be maybe three of us speaking or something, you know. I don't even remember the missionary's name. Uh, but there was a missionary there that read this passage of scripture that I just read to you. I don't remember any of the points of his sermon as he laid out his outline or anything like that. But it was one of those sermons that that's why There aren't too many sermons that I could take you back to a date and remember when that passage was preached. But it had such an impact because I needed it so much. (laughs) You know, we say, we say we trust God, we say we're living by faith, but when it comes down to the crunch sometimes, we don't really have to. (laughs) Well, I was going to have to. And so it was actually during that Saturday that... uh, because uh, they were having meetings in the evenings and then during the Saturday, there were some during the day and, and only in the evenings. And, and so this brother got up and he read this passage and he, he just preached a message. I don't remember any of his points, but it was on the increase of the widow's oil. But, you know, I remember when that message was preached, I remember where I was at because, because boy, God used it to speak to me so much, to remind me just as he did his apostles, O oh, ye of little faith. And so I sat there rebuking myself, but I still didn't know how God was going to do this. <laughs> but I said, Lord, I, I shouldn't be doubting you. You know, I, 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 don't, I don't have any money in my pocket. I don't have any fuel in the tank. And, and, and there's no food in the cupboards. Um, I don't know how you're going to do this. I shared with you an illustration that some of you may have remember about when it was that same Saturday that they had a, a most of them called a mission closets, but it was more like a mission room, uh, were that a lot of the churches back there for the missionaries and those coming through, uh, they just got all kind of clothes and toiletries and all those uh, personal things that you might need. And, and they're there to try to to be a blessing to these people when they come through. And so they had sent us up to the mission closet that day to, to pick out some clothes for the kids and whatnot. Got me a pair of cowboy boots that day, man. Uh, and I wore those things out over here, too, after I got over here. Uh, and, and ironically, I never thought about it till just now. It was there in that church when I got my, uh, my first cowboy boots, and that, that was the same town when the, the black ones that I'm wearing now, they weren't given to me. I had to buy those. But, but ironically, I, just, I, I bought those in that same town when we were back there a year and a half ago. Uh, but that was where that lady came up in that mission closet. And, uh, and you know, she, she was, she was kind of like, you know, I don't know what's going on here type thing. Uh, she said, I've, I've, I've never done this before, but said, I know as well as I'm talking to you that God has impressed it upon my heart to give this to you. And she handed me an envelope. And uh, she said, you know, she said, she said, that's not a lot. But she said, I know the Lord told me to do that because that's what I can do. Well, I didn't know what it was. And, you know, you don't want to seem overeager and things like that. But, uh, well, my heart was jumping then because whatever it was, you know, uh, there couldn't have been a more needful time, you know, And and I stuck it in my pocket and, and and later when I opened it up, it wasn't a huge amount, but I opened up that envelope and there was $25 in there. And uh, I know that, uh, you know, that wouldn't do much nowadays, and and especially here, as far as buying fuel, because, you know, that would be less than 15 pounds, you know, Uh, and so that's not gonna get you very far, but we had a pretty good journey to make. And, uh, but that was enough for for a tank of fuel, pretty much, for us in, in, in those days. And so, man, I was just praising God. I mean, this, you know, this, this, this was just a, a lady that was a member in the church that just, you know, she knew God had told her to do this. She did that. And she came up, and that filled up our tank to get us to the next meeting down in, in Pascagoula, Mississippi, right on the Gulf Coast. And, uh, and, you know, God had used this passage because I was, I was trying I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, in a sense, I wouldn't have been out there on the earth if I wasn't living by faith, but I was learning, I was having to learn a lot of things. And the thing was, is that, you know, this passage reminded me so much. It's just such a beautiful illustration of faith at work in our lives. I could tell you many stories, you know, that got us to the next destination. I had enough money left after we got there, after putting that fuel in there. I still remember what we had for supper uh, dinner, whatever you want to call it, uh, that evening because uh, I remember counting out the uh, the money and, and the change that we had there, and I figured out that i had uh, I had enough to buy a pack of hot dogs and hot dog buns, and that was about it there wasn 't going to be anything there weren 't even going to be any any crisp to go with it that was going to uh, but that was that was food you know and so I remember going to the store and getting those hot dogs and those buns and and bringing them back and uh, and uh, we had eaten those and you know, the kids were just as, what they say, happy as a lark, you know. They were just, you know, they were outside playing and running, and they didn't know they loved hot dogs anyway, you know. <laughs> they didn't know that was the Last Supper, you know. Um, and, uh, and so later that evening, there came a knock on the door of that travel trailer and opened the door, and there was some strange guy standing there that I'd never seen before in my life, you know. And uh, he introduced himself, and uh, he, was, uh, he and his wife were missionaries in Mexico, and they were home on furlough, in this 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 same church, Tabernacle Baptist Church, there in uh, Pascagoula, Mississippi, uh, they already supported them, and uh, uh, so we were there for the for the missions conference that week that was that was going on, and uh, uh, we had our travel trailer parked over near the Christian school on one side, and they had theirs parked around right on the other side, and you know we were setting up a regular little missionary village there, and uh, but he came up and 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 he just introduced himself, and what happened? He had seen all the kids playing around outside. And of course, they were all small at that time, and and uh, <coughs> they were out there playing, and they'd come, and they said, we, we just, you know, we just noticed the kids out here playing, and said, look, said, I don't want to embarrass you or, or anything, but said, said, you know, we were just in a, in a church somewhere, I forget what he said now, and said, while we were there, uh, said they gave us a pounding. Now, I don't know how many of you know what a pounding is, uh, but that's something that churches do in, in, in North America. I don't know we even know where the word came from. Uh, but they give a pounding. That's when everybody brings in food uh, because of somebody that has a need. It might be somebody in the church that, that has a need, and everybody brings in all this food. Kind of like what we do on, on, on harvest when everybody brings it in, and then it all goes to that person in need. Well, this this church had wanted to give this missionary family a pounding. Uh, he said, the problem is, he said, they brought so much food. He said, we've got boxes of food sitting all over our travel trailer, you know. <laughs> and he said, we sure would like to share some of that with you if it wouldn't upset you, you know. And uh, they came carrying literally just boxes of food <laughs> uh, that, that they brought to us. And so, you know, I guess, I guess for a twofold reason, whatever that missionary said on this passage, this passage came alive to me in such a way at a time that I needed it so much, in a time when God reminded me just as we saw this morning, boy, he really is able. You know, it's not... What he has that's ever in shortage is what we have in believing. It's our faith. Uh, And and that is exactly what we see so well illustrated in this passage. And I want to give you a few simple thoughts. Most of you could probably come up with something more profound than this yourselves. Uh, And I tried to look back and see how many times, but I know this this evening for whoever that it might be for, that uh, there aren't many messages that... uh, uh, most of them, once I preach them, they're back in a box, and, uh, you know, they'll, they'll probably grow dust for the rest of their lives because uh, uh, when you're preaching to the same people, you know, I just I very seldom go back and preach a, uh, preach a message another time. Uh, but this passage, you know, um, I have a couple of times, and I really know that the Lord wanted me to go back there this evening and just remind you just this beautiful illustration of faith. But, you know, faith is more than just we, we talked about it this morning. It's more than just knowing something in your head. It's believing it in your heart. You know, everything we do, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. We saw that when we looked at this whole thing of faith, promise, giving, that it was from the heart. He didn't want them, we said, giving grudgingly or of necessity Because God loved a cheerful giver, hilarious giver. And we were talking about that fact. You know, when was the last time that you got so excited when the offering bag came down that you just just broke out laughing because you couldn't help it because it was such great joy just to be able to give? But that's what God's grace will do. That's not what the flesh will do. It's what God's grace will do. But the only way we can know that grace is by believing it. His grace is there, and it is sufficient, and God is able. The question is, do we believe him? You see, the first thing that we see here in verse 1 of this passage is the reality of a need. The reality of a need. There cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets to Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. And the creditor has come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. Now, again, we all have needs, but this, this is a genuine, serious need. Her husband's been a man of God. He's served God. He's, he's obviously didn't know how. Now, he's died, and she's a widow, and she's got these sons, and there's no money to pay the debts. They're getting ready to take her sons away, literally to be slaves, <laughs> for the debt that they owe because there's nothing to pay it. And so I would say that that would qualify as a pretty serious need in anybody's life. Most of us have been short, but how many times have they come knocking on the door to take your children away to work off the debts that you can't pay? So we find that there is a need that is great, that is real. But I want you to notice in verse 2, the resources that are available. Here's this need, and I mean, it's monstrous. And Elisha said unto her, what shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And She said, thine handmaid hath not anything in the house save a pot of oil. The need is big, but the resources she's got to meet, man, they are nil. They are, that, that word pot there, I mean, it's talking about a little pot. <laughs> okay, you got this huge need. You got these debts that have got to be paid or your kids are going to end up being slaves, working them off. What have you got in your house? I don't have anything except this little pot of oil. Verses 3 and 4. God always has a remedy. We see the remedy from God that he brings to her through his servant. Then he, speaking of Elisha, said, Okay, go. Borrow thee vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels. Borrow not a few. When thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons and shalt pour out into all those vessels. And thou shalt set aside that which is full." Now, I want you to picture this. Here's this lady. She just lost her husband. I mean, you know, we start questioning. I mean, you know, here, these are are godly people. He served God. He did all these things. He was so faithful. Well, why would God let her end up being in such a position to where she can't even pay the the bills to where that they're going to come and and haul the kids away? You know, what kind of a God does something like that? So many times that's the thinking. That's the attitude. You know, what's wrong here? He goes to the man of God and God's got a remedy. Now just stop and put yourself in her place. You're in her place. All these bills, no way to pay them. Nothing to your name except this little pot of oil. He says, okay, what I want you to do is I want you to go out and borrow a bunch of vessels. The word there is for big ones. She's got the pot, which is a small one. The word is vessels. It's it's the big ones. You go out there from your neighbors and you borrow all these vessels and you bring them into your house. And when you get in there, you close the door. It's just going to be you and your sons in there when you do this. Now, let's be honest. Most of the time, if 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 you came to your pastor and your need was that big and you didn't have anything and you had all this, and I started giving you some kind of a remedy like that, you'd probably be scratching your head and wondering what's wrong with your pastor. I mean, this doesn't make any logical sense. Okay, I got this big need. Got nothing meet it. Why do I want a bunch of empty vessels? <laughs> Why do I want to fill my house up with a bunch of these empty vessels? See, the problem is sometimes is God, listen, God always has the remedy. And it's right there in your hands when you've got his word before you. His remedy is there for whatever our need might be. But the problem is, does that make sense to me? Does does, does that seem logical to me? People are going to think I'm weird (laughs) if I go doing something like this. If I honestly believe that, if I start doing what what God said to do, that's not going to make any sense. The reality of the need, the resources that are available, which are very little, the remedy that's given from God, which doesn't make any logical sense <coughs> whatsoever, so what does she do? Verse 5, so she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. Hmm. <laughs> huh. Wow. Does this make any sense? Oh, I forgot to mention, you know, when when the man of God sent her to get all these big vessels to put in her house, she's supposed to be getting all these vessels from all these neighbors, but that little pot of oil she had, she's supposed to Pour that into that big vessel. and I mean, this ain't even, even going to wet the bottom of it, you know, of one of them. Let alone all of these sounds totally, completely foolish. What'd she do? She did what God said. She did what God said through his messenger. They went in, they shut the door. They took that little pot of oil and they began to pour it just like God said to do. Sometimes it doesn't make any sense. Folks, there ain't nothing in this world that would make that make sense on a human level. Nothing. And yet, that's what God told her to do. We find that the next thing we see are the results. So she begins to pour that oil into these vessels and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him, shut the door upon her, upon her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. What happened when she began to pour that oil? And it came to pass when the vessels were full, that she said unto her son, "Bring me yet a vessel." And he said unto her, "There is not a vessel more, and the oil." stayed. That's when it stopped. There wasn't enough oil in that pot to hardly wet the bottom of one of those vessels. I believe it's probably by God's divine purpose that it doesn't tell us how many vessels that those sons went and got. We know that they got vessels we know that they were there. We know that she took this little pot of oil. And, and I mean, I just try to imagine this. I mean, this is what, I mean, it gets me. I mean, she takes this little pot of oil and she begins to pour it. She keeps pouring. <laughs> she keeps pouring. And it keeps pouring. And all of a sudden, this, this big vessel is like full to the top and that oil's coming out of this little pot. And so she goes to the next one. And the oil just keeps coming and it keeps coming and it keeps coming. And he goes to the next one and the next one and the next one, however many were there. Finally, she was filling this one up and she says, quick, lads I need another vessel. Sorry, mom, there's not any more. Then the oil stayed. I'm not so sure if that house had been big enough And if they'd been able to collect enough vessels, I'm not so sure what that oil would still be running today. (laughs) You know, the oil didn't run out until her faith did. God's supply was as big as her faith. He didn't say get five vessels and I'll fill them up. Her faith was the test. You go out and you borrow these vessels from your neighbors and you bring them in. Well, This didn't make any sense. How many vessels did they get? However many they got, (laughs) that oil just kept flowing and kept flowing. We could look at a whole lot of things that are symbolic there, but the thing I want you to grasp is this, is that the amount of faith they had was how many vessels that they brought in. That's what they were trusting. God said, go get these vessels. Well, he didn't tell them how many. They brought them in. The oil never stopped until those vessels were full. And of course, when those vessels were full, notice it says, then she came and told the man of God, and he said, go, sell the oil, pay thy debt, and live thou and thy children of the rest. We start out with this humongous need. I mean, big need. I'm talking serious need. And the only resources that this godly woman has to meet it is this little tiny pot of oil in her house. <coughs> she goes to the man of God for advice. God gives the remedy to her through his servant, through his spokesman. Made no human sense. <laughs> It was not sane on any logical level whatsoever. But she did what God said. And she brought these vessels in. And every vessel that they brought in was filled. Was filled. The fact is, in the end, you got the big need, you got no resources to meet it. God's got the remedy, and God's got the resources. God says, okay, let's see what your faith is like. Will you trust me on this? Will you do what I ask you to do on this? And when she did, when she trusted God, (laughs) in verse 7, it wasn't just that humongous need that got met. Go sell the oil, pay thy debt, and live thou and thy children of the rest. He didn't just give her enough for meeting that immediate need. He gave her enough to live off of for the rest of it. That's God. You see, that's what we talked about this morning about that abounding grace that goes beyond what you might measure, what you might need. It's always gonna be more. It's never gonna run short. You see, the truth is is that it's by faith that we're going to get to God's grace. You know, same thing happened other times in the Bible. I mean, what kind of sense did it make to take a couple of fish and five loaves of bread and feed 5,000 people? <laughs> who, would ever, who would ever try something like that? I mean, what, what sense did it make to, to go down there and throw a hook in the water to catch a fish to get the money to pay your taxes with? <laughs> I mean, who would do something like that? (laughs) A lot of times what God asks us to do, we may not understand it. We may not even see how that it could possibly, possibly work. But when God has a remedy, how big is our faith? Will we really trust God? You see, we do know in our heads, folks, We know how great he is. We know how good he is. We know how loving he is. We know that he's there for everything and yet we just don't trust him with it. We just don't trust him with it. I'd like to give you just a couple of comments in closing that I jotted down because sometimes it's Easy for us to know about faith, but it's hard for us to practice faith. George Mueller said this. Now, he was a man of faith. He said, Faith does not operate in the realm of the possible. There is no glory for God in that which is humanly possible. Faith begins where man's power ends. We're not used to that, folks. We're not used to that kind of faith. We're used to being able to handle these things and do these things ourselves. Augustine said, understanding is the reward of faith. Therefore, seek not to understand that thou mayest believe, but believe that thou mayest understand. Faith has got to come first. Faith is what will help us to see and to understand all that God wants to show us. Augustine also said, faith is to believe what we do not see. And the reward of faith is to see what we believe. You see, faith is one of the most phenomenal gifts that God has given us. For by grace are you saved through faith. And what was it that not of yourselves it is a gift of God? Do you know that God has given you everything that you need to believe to meet every mountain in your life, every need, every challenge? Now, yes, we can certainly apply this in the area of our missions giving, but as we saw this morning, we're talking about every area of your life. God's grace is sufficient. And faith is what will get you there. And that faith comes from believing him, not in your head, but in your heart. Sometimes it might do us more good to forget half of what we know and hear it from God again for the first time. He gets there and we know it, but somehow we fail to continue to live it. I told you the illustration one time of Hudson Taylor when he was with the China Inland Mission and he was working there in China. Things had got especially tough. (laughs) He wrote a note home to his wife, said something like, well, we've got 25 cents left, but we've got all the promises of God. (laughs) We've only got 25 cents in money, but we've got all the promises of God. There's a lot of illustrations, but I want to give you just just two. One's a bit humorous, or I found it so anyway. The other one's a bit more serious. A man fell off a cliff. And you've seen these pictures a lot of times where when somebody goes over the cliff, there always just happens to be that Branch sticking out that they can grab a hold of so that they don't go all the way to the bottom. Well, there was one there for him. <laughs> he went over the cliff he grabbed a hold of this branch and he's hanging on for dear life. He's hanging there and he begins to shout. The first thing he shouts is he looks up to the top and says, Is anyone up there? Suddenly a voice came back. It says, I'm here. I'm the Lord. Do you believe me? Yes, Lord, I believe, I really believe, but I can't hang on here much longer. Please, do something now. That's all right. If you really believe, you don't have anything to worry about because I'll save you. Just let go of the branch. Just let go of the branch. He thought about that for a minute. He looked up the top. Is there anybody else up there? (laughs) And I think, you know, God gives us the answer. Let go and let him. But we want something else. (laughs) We want something we can see rather than something that we can just trust, that which we can trust the most. I want to give you this little story in closing. If I can find it here and all the stuff that I'm skipping over. (laughs) It was a story of a father and son. I've read a couple of these over time. This one was about a a house that had caught on fire. And as the house caught on fire, there was a a young boy that had partially escaped, but he had gotten up on the roof of the house. The dad was standing out on the the ground in, in front of the house, and he began to call up to his son, saying, son. Jump, and I'll catch you. Well, he knew that if that boy stayed on that roof, there was absolutely no way in the world that they could save him. But, of course, as the little boy was looking down, he couldn't see the dad. Why? Because all he could see was fire, smoke, blackness. He couldn't see anything on the other side of it. And he was afraid to jump, and the dad kept saying, Jump, jump, I'll catch you. The boy said, But 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 dad, I can't see you. And the dad told him back these words, which we need to hear. He said, Son, I can see you, and that's what matters. I can see you, and that's what matters. Folks, sometimes we can't see through the darkness, the smoke, the fire. But if God says he's there, he's there. And it doesn't really matter if we can see him. He can see us. Our part is just to trust him. Just to trust him. We've been challenged in a lot of areas. We've been challenged in our own Jerusalem. You see, I know. And this is what today is really all about. I don't, I don't even want you to begin to think that I'm trying to get you to somehow hurt yourself financially. To do something, I know it doesn't make sense. I'm showing you a principle in God's Word. But I'm telling you right now, we talk about faith promised missions, we talk about all these things, but it's about Faith. God doesn't order anything that He's not sufficient for. But we work it out ourselves. It's what we can see. I mean, it may not be about the money. It may be about the fact, as, as, as I said this morning, maybe the truth is, is, you've let too many things come between you and what you should be doing for God in your Jerusalem. Your faithfulness. What are you doing? What God's left us here to do. We saw the promises this morning to all of those that were part of the church there. Those promises are to you. God is able. He is sufficient. Why do we talk about, I told you, I honestly told you, you know, I want you to pray for your pastor that God would increase my faith because I've, I've got to believe bigger if God's going to do more, our God is so, so good to us. The truth is, whether it's your money, whether it's your service right where you are, we need to get serious. We have a Jerusalem. We've got a community, and we can, we can play church all we want to. But people's eternities are counting on it. We need to see what God wants us to do. And there may even be some of you, listen up, may be somebody right here, young or old, that God's got something for you that just scares you to death. It might be to pack your bag. It might be to turn your back on all that security that you've got. It may be to step out into the unknown. You can't see what's out there. But God said, that's okay. I'm here, and I can see you. This evening, faith works. We just got to believe him. Now, you know, I've I've seen people do some pretty foolish things in the name of faith, too. Faith is not something that we work up, that we conjure up, that we play with people's emotions on. Faith is believing God. God. Believing God. My life verse through all these years. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse twenty-four. Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. God will never ever call you to do anything that he won't do for you. You just gotta be available. Father, we thank you this evening, Lord, for just this beautiful illustration of faith that you've given us in your Word. There are so many there. Lord, this one has a particularly special place in this preacher's heart because, Lord, it's been many years ago that you used that verse, Lord, to speak to my heart in such a real way that to this day I can still remember. And Father, I just pray that all of your Word could find that kind of a place in our hearts. It's all there for us. But, Lord, you see, that day it wasn't just something that I heard with my head. It spoke to my heart. And, Lord, I don't have the ability to speak to anybody's heart, but you do. Oh, I pray that you'd help us. Help us to know the same kind of faith that this widow lady knew. That, Lord, against all odds, in the face of great needs, She did what you said to do, even though it surely didn't make any sense to her. But, Father, she stepped out by faith. She acted upon that faith. Oh, help us, and help us to be encouraged. Help us to be reminded. That's the same God that we have today. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Lord, what you did for her, you'll do for us. Lord, we don't need to fear. Father, I pray that you'd help us, help us that our faith would be strengthened, that Lord, that we would not be hearers only, but doers of your word. In Christ's name we pray, amen.